What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 479 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. You should know what we're doing here, but if you don't, it's a breakdown of the current events and the rumors and the news and gossip and other stories that have gone down over the past few days in the world of pro wrestling that we feel like talking about on this Friday evening. I'm Tony Mango. I've got with me Robert DeFelice. Yeah, I am Robert DeFelice. I am alongside Tony Mango. I don't know what... It should be like a sidekick name for me, but I don't know what it would be. Uh, let's see. What's what are some variations of Boy Wonder with uh, <laughs> Robin or whatever? Uh, you can be Robin DeFelice, I guess. There, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though. Unlike Rey Mysterio, who said this in an interview today, I would not play Tim Drake over Dick Grayson in a movie. Wait, Ray <laughs> said that? What? He said he would play Tim Drake over Dick Grayson. Since when could Ray pull off a character that's supposed to be at most I, like 16? <laughs> I don't know. But he said that. <laughs> I mean, no, he's not all that tall and everything, but like, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a little bit weird. Ray Mysterio back in, you know, 1996 of uh, WCW was too old to play the part. I think you could look the part, though. Uh, Dick Grayson all the way over uh, Tim Drake. Sorry, Tim, but you're my uh, my fourth favorite Robin. Just so we're clear, Dick Grayson over everybody. Yeah. Go uh, Dick, and then uh, uh, I don't know, D- Jason and uh, Damien are kind of tight. Damien, Jason, and Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. You're not good. It's, uh, Tim's better than Carrie. We're like, you know, <laughs> the other ones don't count. Where it's completely a fanboys anonymous podcast at this point. <laughs> well, if you do want to hear more stuff like that kind of discussion, go to fanboysanonymous.com. We've got plenty of Batman stuff there. We've got other stuff happening there, like a review to a kill, which is a James Bond film franchise breakdown. So, uh, you know, do that uh, stuff over on fanboys. But you're here for wrestling. <laughs> so we're going to get into the wrestling stuff. And, uh, we want you to tell us your thoughts on the things that we're going to be talking about here. So chime in in whatever fashion you want to post on the page on smartoutmoment.com. Send us a tweet at smartoutmoment or on our personal accounts. I'm at Tony Mango. Rob is at Dude Felice. And yeah. uh, you can post things on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash smartoutmoment. Or you can do the best thing possible. And that is to go to the YouTube page and on the video itself, drop a comment below. And while you're over there, Make sure that you're double-checked with the uh, subscribe button because sometimes that unsubscribes people and they're not necessarily even aware of it. Ring that little notification bell as well. Hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the applause button, hit the join button. And if you want to not take part of the join thing on YouTube but you want to be a part of the equivalent of that, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment and take advantage of all the tiers that we've got there because even a dollar is greatly, greatly appreciated. And it helps us grow and do more things in the future. $10 and up gives you access to the Darkcast tiers. Those are, you know, anything uh, that we just post on Patreon. And we also have the Pick Your Poison tier. So if you were enjoying that thing that we did with the fantasy rebooking of Starcade 1998 that we did a couple days ago, that was courtesy of the Patreon. So if you want more of those things, then Pick Your Poison. That's the point. Anyway, Lars Sullivan got released. And Steve Cutler ah. got released. Let's just okay. dive into those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's start with Steve Cutler. I was surprised about this. 
Much more than the Laura Sullivan thing. I, uh, fortunately for us, because I work for Fightful and Sean Rossap got some uh, information on both releases, we can talk a little about this in depth. Steve Cutler reportedly got released because he had COVID. That seems really shitty. Yeah. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, Steve Cutler's girlfriend, posted that they were they tested positive for COVID in early January. According to the Fightful Select report, him having COVID got him heat with Vince McMahon, and it ultimately led to a release, even though it was under the guise of creative has nothing for you when they just brought him back up on television. <laughs> so they bring these guys over as the Forgotten Sons to SmackDown, and then through Riker's tweets, they decide, well, we're going to hold off on you guys. But they clearly had some kind of a plan for them. Then they just decide, after however many months, nah, we're going to split you up. We're going to put Riker with Elias. I don't love the pairing, but it's it's something. Yeah, it's better than nothing. And we're going to put Cutler and Blake with Corbin as the Knights of the Lone Wolf, which I like the name, even though it's kind of self-defeating. The Knights of the Lone Wolf. Yeah, you know, that hit me yesterday while I was writing the release story. So well, wait a minute. Now it's, I guess, King Corbin and the Knight of the Lone Wolf, if Wesley Blake is still going to be there, which at that point, you might as well just put Blake back down in NXT again. Now I have a theory. A game theory? No. An Austin uh, theory? <laughs> no, my theory is, fuck it, just put Blake and Murphy back together. You're not doing anything with either of them. Just put them back together. I was trying to think of who could fill in Cutler's spot. And I couldn't think of anybody other than just go the Murphy route or maybe Tucker. But that's kind of just using somebody for the sake of using somebody. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, just send Blake back down to NXT. Now, now, hear me out. Tucker, Knight of the Lone Wolf. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's really uh, that's that's not good to be able to be like, you got COVID and we're going to fire you unless it was the type of thing where he was like completely ignoring protocol. I mean, there's always that. And I think it was just like. They're starting to become more willing to let go of people again. So they're like, we're not doing anything with this guy. Let's just, you know, let's just let him go. He got the 90 day no compete. He says he's excited for the future. He hasn't actually been wrestling that long. He's only been, he only started in 2012 and was picked up and put into the system by 2014. Well, if you figure 2012, that was nine years ago. Yeah, but I mean, like, only two years of his nine-year career were spent outside of the WWE system. But he's been in there that long, and this is as far as he's gotten. Yeah. I mean, sooner or later, you got to cut bait. Like, some people... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to cut him. He's only, what, like, 12? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Actually, how old is he again? Like, 22? I think, I think he's, like... 20 he's 21 maybe 
He's a kid, whoever he is. I don't know. I can refresh yeah. refer to him as a kid. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, and we've talked about this with other people, like, uh, sometimes it works out. You know, Angelo Dawkins was there for a long time, and he didn't hit his stride until he ended up teaming with Montez Ford. Aaliyah's been in NXT for, like, uh, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that uh, people in high school uh, weren't born yet. And <laughs> she is doing better stuff here and there. You know, she's getting... I honestly think that Aaliyah is good enough at this point that she should just be on the main roster, but she would just be a jobber on the main roster. I don't think she's going to be some multi-time world champion or anything, and not everybody is. And we're seeing a little bit more of Jesse Kamea, who I like. Cutler, if he was there for all that time. Blake, he's been there for forever. He and Murphy won the tag titles in like, had to be like 2015 or something. It was 20. I was still living in New York, so at the very, at the most, it was early 2015, if not 2014. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. So Blake and Murphy won those titles January 15th, 2015. So you figure Blake has been in NXT since 2014 at the very uh, like for giving him a little bit of credit here. Apparently he was signed in June 2013. After enough time, look at the two. Buddy Murphy has won the Cruiserweight Championship. He's won the tag titles. He's had a couple years on the main roster. And Blake barely got two weeks worth of stuff in uh, SmackDown. Maybe yeah. maybe it's good enough to let him go to and see if he can figure out some better stuff. Because, you know, CJ Parker wasn't going anywhere. He's been doing better stuff in New Japan. Yeah. I think Steve Cutler ends up somewhere and he ends up doing better. That At this point, he's one of the very few people. It, impact would be an upgrade. You know? It would Rick be, yeah. It would be an upgrade. Anywhere that will actually use him will be an upgrade. I think both he and Blake, at this point, they should just go somewhere else. And they'll learn... Whatever it is that they need to learn that they haven't been getting at the Performance Center, they'll make a better name for themselves, or they'll just get used more, or maybe they'll just feel better about their careers or whatever, because I don't think there's anything like bad with them, really, but there's not anything that's yeah. so good that you can't, like, like, we can't lose this person, you know? It's like, no, that, that sucks for Cutler. I hope he bounces back, obviously, but I'm not losing sleep over it from the roster you know right it is kind of crappy though if they fired him because he got COVID and it wasn't something like him ignoring protocol or whatever that seems like a a shitty excuse because it's like well Drew McIntyre got COVID and yeah, Kayla got COVID what we all said so you know that it's you don't fire somebody for that kind of thing but then again, like I keep saying, if he was doing something where it was like, hey, guys, remember, don't do such and such because you could be putting other people at risk. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go party. Then, OK, yeah, then you're going against the rules. You don't have any information about that, though, right? No. Because I had seen one report say something about a New Year's Eve party. 
And yeah, if but f- fuck you, Ricochet was there. Well, then that's where you start getting into everybody should be punished, you know? They're all openly partying. Like, Ricochet, he's getting uh, They're all doing shit they shouldn't be doing. You guys are based in Florida, which is the most irresponsible place to be. I know, I live here. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Stop partying, everybody. Like, <laughs> it's a pandemic. Come on. You've had a year of this. Don't you kind of get how it works at this point? I expect Cutler to go to Impact. I, you know, I mean, you can't always do the whole nepotism side of things, but Impact needs people. And if Deanna is as good with their roster as it seems like it is, she'll probably be like, hey, bring in Cutler, you know? Right. So Um, I'm assuming that that means Cutler is fighting Rich Swan for the championship in like, you know, uh, 93 days. And I'm uh, really hoping that that championship is going to Kenny Omega. I'm just hoping that impact goes to AEW. <laughs> Jeez. Just get rid of the company and merge. Merging is good in most ways. <laughs> that, never mind. I'll ask you off there. That's going to be my uh, my wedding vows. <laughs> I'm going to be like, merging is good, so we're a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, since you brought it up, is that, that the way you first pitched getting Carolyn? In bed. <laughs> Merging. <laughs> Merging is good. Let's merge. Hey, look at let's look at my presentation from PowerPoint. <laughs> Slide one. Uh, introduction. Merging. Uh, an analysis from the perspective of good things. <laughs> Slide two. Merging is good. Slide three. <laughs> you just keep going through. <laughs> oh God, this is off the rails. <laughs> Well, Cutler's gone, but he's not the only one released this week because Lars Sullivan was one of the other ones. And his release did not come with a Future Endeavors post on WWE.com. Ah, God. That was a quiet release, as they call it, which was the, you know, we're letting this person go, but we don't want you to remember that he's on the roster to begin with (laughs) kind of thing. But it wasn't a quiet release because... Well, then he starts talking to other outlets and stuff, too. So it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Well, no, because, like, PWI announced it. And then, like, they still haven't... WD still hasn't said it. But then we were like, okay, uh, what's the deal? And Lars Sullivan confirmed to Sean Ross Sapp that, yes, he was released. He, um, he said it was a mutual parting of ways because he had had crippling anxiety. And this is something we knew for a while. And he said that it just got to be too much, and he wanted to move on. Now, I wrote up something on the wrestling news about this that was titled something like, this release took too long. Mm. And I stand behind it. Uh, There have been people released for lesser things, and I think that lots of people are entitled to second chance type scenarios especially depending on what it is like you know i mean i'm not gonna like let a babysitter watch my kids again if they killed one of them already like you know what i mean it's kind of obvious if somebody does something that's like minor they get a you know slap on the wrist compared to something else but i mean if we look at what lars sullivan 
has been in relation to WWE for the past four years or so, there's like nothing positive to say. He gets advertised to go up to the main roster and doesn't go up to the main roster because of his anxiety issues, which is Mm -hmm. a serious thing that, you know, I mean, when that happens, that's something that needs to be taken in with, you know, uh, a level of comfort and understanding. And it's, you know, let's try to deal with mental health in a better way than what we've done in the past. But then the stuff comes out from his past and, you and I have talked about this on and off the air. We think that there is kind of a witch hunt on some things in some capacities with some people these days, but people should be held accountable for what they do. So it's sort of like, I don't agree with the things that he said. Here's what I'll say. I don't agree with what he said on, on a message board 10 years ago. I think it was abhorrent. I think it was awful. I think it was terribly racist. Yeah. And however, sexist and homophobic and all he kind of like ran the gamut on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did, you know, and as people do. Yeah. But he, I also think that once that was out there, there was a, a concerted effort to just be like, all right, this guy's trash and we're going to get him let go in some way shape or form yeah i think that you sort of open pandora's box and then people aren't willing to admit that maybe sometimes people change for the better and he might not have too i don't know the guy but he might have so it's like there's people in the past that's like oh this person's a you know in prison because they're a thief and in prison they're like an angel And all they do for their entire life in prison is just help people. And if they were to be out of prison and you wouldn't know what they've done, you'd be like, this person's a saint. And it's like, yes, people can change. And then there's other people that are like the most evil son of a bitch in the world. And no matter what happens to them, they're like, I'm going to continue to be a shitty person. So you never really know. And to a certain extent, you need to depending on what happens, of course, because everything changes based off of the circumstances. I think people need to be willing to give some people a little bit more credit to change, but at the same time, if people are willing to give you a little bit of leeway to change and you don't change or you keep doing other things that are problematic or whatever, then you you lose your third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances, you know? Here's what I'll say, and I'll leave it at this. He's definitely a problematic individual, However, he seems like somebody who understands that he is a problematic individual and is working on making the necessary changes, and I hope that he is doing so for the best. Yeah, I hope that this leads to better stories to cover down the line, because, and this is part of this whole release thing, which is a good thing, and that's why one of the things that I folded into this took too long if he was having this like crippling anxiety, he shouldn't be doing something like this. Like it's just I mean, not what should be happening. And WWE, to a certain extent, it's not their responsibility. And to a certain extent it is. If that's the case with somebody and if they're not willing to make the decision to leave, then as an employer, you kind of need to go, this isn't right for you. And somebody like a uh, Kylie Ray, she was in a, 
similar kind of circumstance where she was like, I, I can't deal with this because of anxiety issues and whatever. And she made the call to step away. Seems like Sullivan either made the call or he made the, uh, he made the call. He was the one who did. Okay. Yeah. Cause WWE seems like they were just sort of like, yeah, you can come back and you can do this and you can keep coming back. And they, they were willing to give him chance after chance after chance. And he had injuries and he had the situation with Instagram and whatever. And I'm like, you know, if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't say the 11th times the charm. Like at a certain yeah. point, they get rid of people where they're like, you got injured one time and we're going to get rid of you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This other person can get injured and spend like, like a Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio can get injured a hundred times and spend half of his uh, time away. And because he's considered more valuable, they just kind of brush it off. And then, you know, with like a Sullivan, I wasn't seeing that. It didn't seem to me like that was like, well, it's Lars Sullivan, so we're going to give him a little bit more leeway. It was like, well, what's Lars Sullivan done? Maybe they knew he had issues and they tried, and I respect them for that. I hope but that's I think the ultimately case. He made the right decision by saying, hey, you know, I think I'm done with wrestling. I hope what was happening here over the past year or so was them saying, we'll keep you employed and we hope that you get the right footing that you need. But maybe almost more so as like a humanitarian type of thing, because they'll probably not ever talk about it. He might maybe down the line. I don't know. They haven't even officially announced his release. Yeah, so maybe they didn't want to put that out there because they didn't want to embarrass him or something. Of course, it ends up coming out anyway. But um, I hope that this is one of those scenarios where everybody just agreed, yeah, this isn't working out, and then it's going to be better stuff going forward. And with WWE, they save money. They don't have to deal with the backlash of having him a part of the roster anymore. And to be perfectly honest, and it sounds kind of mean to say, they don't have to deal with the headache as much. Because when you've got somebody on your payroll that has whatever issues it might be that you're trying to pivot around, eventually it's like, all right, well, we don't have to worry about people attacking the Twitter accounts because of this. Or, you know, like that is kind of one less thing to worry about. So I, I just want to read the Fightful Select report in its entirety to get the best take on this. Fightful reached out to Lars Sullivan and actually heard back from him when the news dropped on Tuesday. He confirmed the release happened and was surprised WWE didn't announce it himself. He chalked it up to them being nice about him and was very complimentary of how they handled his departure. He said they did it with compassion and honesty. Sullivan informed us that he told WWE he was done with wrestling after battling crippling anxiety issues to the point of struggling to eat during the days of TV filming and was trouble with having trouble sleeping. He also lost his father last year, which was like, which compounded a roller coaster year of issues for Sullivan. Sullivan called himself his own worst enemy and owned up to the multiple issues that prevented him from gaining traction in what he called his dream job. Sullivan told us that he's likely done with wrestling and again took responsibility for the issues that led to that, calling some of his actions idiocy and his own selfish behavior. 
We spoke with him about his WWE run, and he said he was grateful for the experience. And at one point, it was hammered home that he was treated well by both the WWE office and the locker room, and it wasn't a case of bullying. So hopefully the next bit of this is whatever he's moved on to, he's happy and he continues to grow. Yes. That's and, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel that I would assume any decent person is hoping for, you know? Yeah. And again, I, I commend him for owning his bullshit. I'm curious how, like with the way that, just the world is different nowadays and there's more discussion on mental health issues and anxiety and depression and all that. I wonder what that would have been like back in different eras. In terms of what? Well, like uh, maybe some of the people who died an early death because they were just turn into drugs and traveling on the road and having a miserable time. Maybe they would have kind of realized that they were more depressed than anything and would have gone in a better direction instead. You know? Oh, I actually, we talk about this a little bit on tomorrow's Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast. Cause I always bring up Benoit. I think Benoit would have totally been okay because the stigma on mental health would have been different. And there would have been, you know, a willingness to get him help and a willingness to, you know, not watch this person deteriorate in front of your eyes and not do anything about it. One of those things that's interesting to think about. Obviously, we can't go back in time and do that. But, yeah. Well, speaking about going back in time, talking about things from the past, apparently Butch Reed passed away. You know, we can't go two, three weeks without talking about a death, apparently. Uh, I'll handle this one real quick. But Freed was a staple of the territory era. Huge Mid-South wrestling star. Huge championship wrestling from Florida star. He was probably best known for his time in WCW with Ron Simmons as Doom. They were managed by women for a while. And, of course, in the WWF, he was managed by Slick. He was known as the natural Butch Reed. And he was widely rumored to receive the Intercontinental Championship run that the Honky Tonk Man had. But he missed the taping. That is the popular rumor. <laughs> a lot of weird things happen about that Intercontinental title reign. Yeah. All like uh, Savage and DiBiase and all that stuff. So I don't have like a favorite Butch Reed match. I don't really know too much about Butch Reed. And... I I will tell you, go watch, not, not so much you, because I know it's a, little, it's a bit harder for you to go back and watch old stuff, but if you watch Halloween Havoc 1990, it's on the network, it's Doom, Butch Reed, and Ron Simmons against Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. It's a good time. Butch Reed is a legendary name in wrestling, a pioneer for you know African-Americans in wrestling. Apparently, Doom was like the first black tag team champions in the NWA. That's, you know, <laughs> historic. And yeah, go watch it. Go watch Butch Reed. We got some signings that haven't been officially confirmed by WWE with that like performance center photograph type thing. We'll get there. But it seems like it's just like on the bubble. 
One of them is AQA or Angelina Quentina Arnold from Booker T's side of things. The other one's the Brock Lesnar lookalike that everybody keeps talking about. Parker Bourdreau. He looks a lot so like Brock cool. Lesnar. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty uncanny. Like that, he could pass off as his kid for sure. This dude looks so cool. Uh, I don't know. Like I feel like if he doesn't, you know, if he sticks with it and has no screw ups or whatever, he's a star. You ever just feel that about somebody? Like I've seen one picture of him, so I, I can't. But doesn't he look like a star in that picture? He looks like they should call him, because his name's Parker Bourdreau, they should call him Park Lesnar. <laughs> Just go with it. I mean, if we've gotten Edge and Christian are brothers, and Kane and Undertaker are brothers, and uh, Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's kid, <laughs> whatever, let's have him come in and be like, hey, he's a, uh, Brock Lesnar's illegitimate kid, or something. Park Lesnar. Park Lesnar, or uh, Bork Lesnar. <laughs> I don't know because he's Bordro. <laughs> there it is. Probably you're getting Bork Laser. <laughs> Bork Lesnar. And uh, I don't know much about him outside of his picture. I don't know anything about AQA. Well, I know that he watched the Royal Rumble at a barbecue with uh, Eva Marie. Huh. That's... Think of that what you will. She's married, right? Yes. Okay. I was still thinking about she's obviously signed. Yeah, why hasn't she popped up again? That's weird that she wasn't in the Royal Rumble. I guess they're taking their time. A couple more uh, stories have come out about that, that uh, Casey Catanzaro was in that photograph because she was an alternate, yet at the last minute they decided to replace Mia Yim with Tony Storm instead of Casey, which seems kind of strange that they wouldn't have just thrown Casey in there. And Angel Garza was replaced by Otis. That's weird. Otis was announced. Yeah. That's odd. So it's like, wouldn't that have made more sense if like Garza was in it and he was replacing Jey Uso? He wasn't in it. Who was announced? And then now he's on SmackDown already, so... Well, there you go. There was two weeks. Weird. But I don't yeah. know much about them, so I can't comment on like, well, AQA is really great at this or, you know, whatever. Let's see, what what am I getting emails about now about uh, a heel and face turn thing? Did somebody turn in the meantime since 205 Live? <laughs> 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 no, it's just everybody questioning about Cesaro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we talk about SmackDown. Uh, you, you want to talk about that? Because yeah, that, that was kind of the news of the day, but I guess we get to when we get to SmackDown. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get around. Um, yeah, no thoughts on AQA or Parker Bordreau, but I'm curious to see how they end up playing out because, um, you know, if somebody be resigned them, they must see something in them. I, like, I think Parker's got a big future, and I don't usually bank on looks, but he looks ridiculously, you know, like like what a main eventer should look like. I feel like I should figure out some way to tweak bank on looks and talk about how good. Sasha Banks looked tonight, <laughs> but I can't think of it. Well, I, since you went there, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sasha. She is showing up and showing out, and like, she just oozes star power. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about this uh, other one before we get into the TV side of things, which is the NXT Championship rumored to be defended at the WrestleMania tonight 
setup that they've got going on here, which ah. there's not a whole lot of information, but I think that there's you don't need a whole lot of information to figure out what they're talking about. <laughs> now, this makes perfect sense to me, doesn't it? Doesn't it make perfect sense to you? I think NXT, the precedent was set last year that the NXT championship could have a presence, whether it's male or female. Last year it was the women. This year it can be for the men. And that's evidenced by two things. First of all, Finn Balor is a WrestleMania guy. He competed for the IC title at two consecutive WrestleManias. Secondly, Bianca Belair, when asked tonight, hey, what challenge? What title are you going to challenge for, was not asked about Io Shirai. Right. They just ignored that. Yet Edge... Popped up on NXT. And Edge also reiterated that on SmackDown and said, will I challenge Finn Balor? Mm -hmm. I I like it, quite frankly. I think Finn Balor and Walter, do it. I think this is 100% carrying cross wins the title. I think it's Finn Balor and Walter. I mean, honestly, that other thing makes more sense. But like, <laughs> in the mid-sentence stage, I think it's this other thing because yours makes more sense and fuck my opinion. <laughs> no, I mean I like the Walter idea more because I I think like that's a fun spectacle for fans because remember we're gonna have fans again. But the other thing makes more sense. But you know what? Then you can we got to do the Finn uh, Balor and Walter thing at some point. But do it for NXT UK. Yeah. Get a takeover. What was it called? Takeover Dublin. When they're and gonna after, do that? And after I beat Walter, he's gonna be eaten to a straw. He's just gonna be like, uh, there's they're gonna be a tease that uh, a new like superstar is gonna be coming to NXT UK and whatever. And this kitten's got claws. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> more cat stuff. Uh. I think, uh, well, I guess we'll loop this into this. Um, let's talk NXT because NXT had a couple different segments. We'll, I'll backtrack and talk about some other things. But one of them was Edge cutting a promo. He interrupted Finn Balor and Pete Dunne, which was basically Pete Dunne being like, I want to take the title from you. <laughs> kind of, because he doesn't really have a lot of emotion. And since Edge had talked about Drew McIntyre on Monday Night Raw and they did this whole thing, which I liked, which was he pops up on all three brands and he's like, I might pick this one. Maybe. Stay tuned. And it gets a braiding pop for NXT and whatever. It didn't really work out too well. But the Balor and Dunn thing is happening for NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, which we talked a little bit about, but we didn't talk too much about. I've grown to like it. Yeah, he's there. It sucks that I've grown to like it because I didn't like it at first. <laughs> I've never liked the Vengeance name, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is better than just Vengeance. If it's NXT TakeOver Vengeance, that's bland. But Vengeance Day instead of Valentine's Day, you know what? I, I actually like it now, and I want it to be Vengeance Day going forward. I don't want Vengeance to be a thing anymore. Uh, and they I like did the- trademark TakeOver Vengeance. They yeah, just in case. Yeah, and I like that. I appreciate that. I like that the logo is tweaked just a little bit to make it look like a uh, like a little devil type thing, like the whole Saint Valentine, and like uh, it's got a little bit of like a Cupid's arrow kind of feel to it. So I like that they did that little tweak. 
And we know we're getting Balor versus Dunn at Vengeance Day. But they keep setting up this idea that Karrion Cross wants that title back. And he's going to win it. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't win it. So if that happens on February 14th, I can't imagine that they squeeze another takeover in before Mania. But if they do Balor versus Cross on like night one of WrestleMania, it's a big venue for Cross to win a championship back. It puts a little bit more of a spotlight on NXT to remind people like, hey, remember we got this show on USA because people are watching Mania and that reminds them that the black and gold brain exists. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I like it. I I would, again, I would like Finn Balor to defend against somebody else, but I still like it. I don't want, though, the Women's Championship, the North American Championship, the Tag Team Championship, the Cruiserweight Championship. Like, I don't want all of NXT to just be a part of that. Right. One title match, though? Cool. Go for it. Maybe even two, depending on what the circumstances are. I mean, at a certain point, you're overloading the card, but... I would rather have the door for the women's tag team championship match to feature women from NXT. You beat me to it. (laughs) I was going to say at a certain point, you're overloading the card and one match like this, I would rather take over another just, you know, random, Hey, this is uh, Chad Gable and Otis against whoever, you know, uh, his Ziggler and Root again or something just for the sake of it. But you should throw in NXT people in the Battle Royals. And if they do a women's tag team championship match, which I'm pretty sure that they should, it should be a team from Raw, a team from SmackDown, and a team from NXT. Depending on who's winning the titles and who's doing whatever at the time, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler probably go in as champions. And they should defend against like um, the Riot Squad. And the way, maybe, or Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think that's the best way to do those kind of things. I think Dakota and Raquel, or whomever wins this tournament, should be in there. I think Shotzi. I think Shotzi should just go to the main roster. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think you're one of the ones that'll waste away on the NXT roster. Just go. I'm cool with her beating whoever beats Io Shirai. I do alright with it. Which we'll talk about next week, but speaking of NXT, we did get some uh, more advancements in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournaments. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez beat Team Ninja, Casey Gattanzaro and Caden Carter. So their whole, we're going to go all the way, we're going to beat everybody. I lost the next round, but you know, they beat the first round. That was a surprise. That's cool. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez needed the win because <laughs> Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They still haven't said that this is for a tag title shot, though. So Nope, nope. And they're really, really trying not to. Um, I like that both of the tag title finals will be in the Vengeance card. Yeah. Vengeance feels like it'll just be good wrestling. So that'll be Kai and Gonzalez against either Shotzi and Ember or against Candice and Indy. So I'm assuming it's and Shotzi and Ember. Shotzi and Ember. Yeah. And, and then I, I assume think. it'll be Raquel and Dakota. You on know the, what, though? 
good. It's the first one. Maybe they want baby faces to win. Maybe. And they do have heel champions. If they do do with that whole tag title shot kind of thing. But we've got yeah. the men's tournament has progressed a little bit more too. The quarterfinals were taken uh, taken care of. Legado del Fantasma beat Lucha House Party, and Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa beat the Undisputed Era. Good matches. Um, uh, I love shocked. that main event. I I don't usually watch NXT. I made the decision to watch NXT this week because of Edge. And that tag team made it out with Thatcher and Champa against Undisputed Era what reminded me of why I love NXT. Good wrestlers doing some good wrestling equals good time. Yeah. So I'm still not sure who I'm banking on to win this, but I'm leaning more towards MSK winning this tournament. I'm leaning towards... Um, whomever wins, I take that back. I want to say whomever wins the Champa Thatcher Grizzled Young Vets match, but if it's Grizzled Young Vets, I can see MSK pulling it out. If it's Champa and Thatcher, I think they got to go away. Yeah, that's kind of where the the difference maker is. We got um, what else we got? Austin Theory beat Leon Ruff. I don't think there's really anything too much there. Kushida's gonna fight Johnny Gargano. We'll talk about that next week. Tony Storm versus Jesse Kamea didn't really happen, and Santos Escobar beat Kurt Stallion, retained the Cruiserweight Championship, and Karrion Cross is still got some problems with Escobar. So I guess he's just gonna beat the shit out of the Cruiserweight Champion at some point, which I don't really like the idea of. Well, all right. First of all, Jessica Mayo is officially in the Robert Stone brand, so that's the third girl to join the brand. Fourth, if you count that Deanna was like not really in it, but kind of. Deanna or, or uh, really Deanna Praza? Yeah, Deanna and Chelsea were teaming for a while. Oh, that but she, good. they didn't really like officially make her a part of the Robert Stone brand, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so Jesse is official. I hope this leads somewhere. Um, Kurt Stallion, in his NXT debut that they pointed out, lost his championship match that he earned on, like, Thanksgiving. Uh, decent match. I like, uh, Santos Escobar and Karrion Cross. I don't like that they didn't just take the belt off of Santos Escobar. I really don't like, Tony, that they were, like, by the way, the linear champion, Jordan Devlin, is over on NXT UK. I was like, Jesus Christ. He's been champion almost a year, and you're still referring to the other guy as the linear champion? Yeah, they said it was like 250 days or something. Escobar's been champion. Yeah. And Devlin, meanwhile, he's getting ready for a feud with Trent Seven, and he's fighting Dave Mastiff. So it's like, why is he even the Cruiserweight champion anyway? Well, probably you can argue the same point for Escobar. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's going to be fighting Karrion Cross, then they just they don't care about the Cruiserweight thing anywhere. Again, get rid of 205 Live, replace it with just an NXT extra show called Stomping Grounds. Make it a big deal with Peacock. I'm going to write up probably three more articles about it anyway. You just nailed it. Extra. NXT extra, like X-T-R-A. An extra. Yeah, like an extra show. An extra show. <laughs> 
Oh, the other thing we got in NXT, I uh, don't want to skip this. We oh know now Tian Sha. Kind of. So, so Tian Sha is not the name of the group. <laughs> no, it is. I thought. No, Tian Sha is the name of the mysterious it's the, character. It's the, no, it's the family name. It's the name of the group, I thought. No, they were talking about the the woman that's been uh Listen, there feared. was a dragon. It's Chan Sha. <laughs> there, there, there's a dragon. And the dragon had two human children. And they they fought in the ways and the, the woman killed the brother to restore her honor to the family because the dad was a dragon. <laughs> they put more effort into this and they have in a lot of things though. And even though this felt very like the fuck? It was still sort of like alright. So for this. Uh what? <laughs> like we are so close to just getting like Mortal Kombat. I was really shocked that by the end of this, I couldn't just cross off all the other names that they had trademarked because I thought that they were going to name drop all of the characters like the dragon is named she Lao or whatever. I think that was one of them. And the the brother was named Shofu or I, I've lost track of what the fucking names were, but like I was expecting that to be like, oh, OK, that's. You know, they were making this whole thing and they, they've got these 15 names or whatever. And they're just sort of like, and it's a dragon. And I'm like, what's his name? Is he Fin Fang Foom? <laughs> kind of like, which dragon? Well, what's the dragon from uh, Iron Fist? I'm blanking know. on it now. Somebody telepathically tell me before I search it up. Iron Fist dragon. Shu Lao. Okay. <laughs> so somewhere uh, around the mix so they're like uh, uh, Kunlon and telling this story and I dig it it's interesting it's different and now we know a little bit more about Chan Cha I like Chan Cha I still have no idea who the fuck that is because they don't it doesn't really necessarily look like Karen Q so I don't know <laughs> it it's interesting. Is this where they've been uh, saving Rick Boogs this whole time? <laughs> oh my god. What if that was? That That's be... The woman in the chair is a thousand years old. I liked it. it was, I think Beth it was like, are we supposed to believe that this woman's like 1500 years old? <laughs> and it was like Barrett, I think. It was just kind of like, I don't know what to fucking believe, but she seems scary. They're going Amazing. like full 1990 something and at the same time going... Yeah, you know, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, that's cool. I like it. Amazing. I, I You know what? I'm kind of here for it just because it's so out there. And because Shawn Michaels flat out said the whole ass faction is going to be one to watch. I haven't seen enough of Boa to really like or dislike Boa, but I do really like Zia Lee. Now, I asked this question on the Fightful podcast. You will... Probably give me a better answer. Is Ho Ho Loon the descendant of a dragon or what? Like, what are we doing here? Where is the legendary Ho Ho Loon? That's going to be in the next part of this whole scroll. They're going to continue the story of Tian Sha, and then it's going to be like, and then 
eventually one of the descendants, Ho Ho Loon, popped up in the Cruiserweight Classic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I'm intrigued. It's better storytelling than what they've got in NXT UK, which their idea is for Shaw Samuels to have a vignette where he's like, I'm Shaw Samuels! Shaw! Damn it. <laughs> it's really pointless. I didn't like uh, NXT UK this week. Dragonoff beat Tyson T-Bone, and he did the whole, like, ah, I'm still pissed, because I'm pissed. Not really yeah. anything else happened. Nice Samuels beat Cy Brookside, whatever. Joe Coffey beat Danny Jones, whatever. Uh, just kind of a pointless week. Miko Satomaro is not there yet, so. That's next week. Yeah. And she'll just beat, like, a male. Needs to beat Kaylee Ray. She's yeah. at, like, 562 days. Can we, like retroactively get rid of Jordan Devlin's cruiserweight championship reign and at the same time somehow get rid of Kaylee race and just sort of maybe go back and not give a kid the uh, heritage cup. Cause that seems like that's pointless now already. Yeah. Walter can keep his though. He's cool. I like Walter. Volta. Volta. <laughs> Jesus, we're getting way too insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about beach break. We got a battle royal, and that was won by Chris Jericho and MJF. They're going to eventually fight for the tag titles down the line at Revolution. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen, I completely skipped because I don't care. So I honestly don't even know what the promo was. Brett Baker and Thunder Rosa. That was a match. Brett won. Allen, you skipped. Tony the Hooligans. Hoodlums, I think is what they go with, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I've already forgotten the terminology. Uh, so the most interesting thing about that Rap thing was they flat out, they, they randomly threw out there, Darby Allen, next week you'll be defending your title against Joey Janela. Why? <laughs> okay, so... Since Joey, when did Joey Janela earn a championship match? So, so they did. They did ask those questions, and Darby basically, Joey and Darby said on Twitter that Darby asked for the match because Darby and Darby said on Twitter today he's like Joey could be something if he's motivated, and I want to motivate him. Fine, you know. Not into it. Not going to be into the match. I don't like the Darby Allen name. I don't really dig Darby Allen too much. I don't, don't really like the Darby Allen name. Darby. It's like, oh no, here comes Darby. <laughs> gonna, I I don't like it. I don't care that he throws his skateboard through a, a an old warehouse window. I'm not big on Joey Janela. I'm not going nuts yeah. over Sting. I just want Ricky Starks to just win a championship and to tell everybody else to fuck off, kind of. Starks is the best part of this whole entire, everything surrounding all of this. Listen, I like Sting. You're never going to get me to say that I don't like Sting. Sting has been fun. I enjoy that Sting is just on TV. I enjoy that he can still be Sting. I enjoy that like some company is using him. WWE didn't use him. Fuck them. Like, they they didn't use them. If they would have tried, 
I'd have been like, okay, Sting's just, you know, they tried. They didn't try. Impromptu so, uh, Smark's choice. You got to get rid of Sting or Bret Hart. Oh, come on. <laughs> you said I'm not going to be able to get you to say you don't like Sting. Are you not gonna, listen, I, I like Sting. This is not a question <laughs> so they're not. I like Sting. I'm also just a bigger WWF guy. So <laughs> obviously I'm going to keep Bret Hart. Sorry. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Take that Sting. Uh, everybody mark it down. Quote it. Robert DeFelice uh, on uh, no. February 5th. <laughs> no, you got to say it. Yeah, I wasn't digging that. Uh, I honestly didn't care at this point about Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. It was a good so, match. I didn't like, really pay too much attention to it. Like, that's what people... That's what women's wrestling... That's what all wrestling should be, quite frankly. They, like, you know, did the right thing. They built it up properly, and that's what wrestling should be. I'll tell you one thing I cared less about, though, than uh, Baker and Rosa was Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy teaming up. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not liking anything Matt Hardy's done in AEW. Some of it's good. I like the stuff with Private Party. I don't... I don't like... I, I honestly can't think of anything that he's done in AEW that I've liked, except for, to a certain extent, I liked what they were going for with the whole teleportation thing, it, but it's ridiculous. But I think that's it. Yeah. Um... I like that he's trying his best to work with younger talent. I now that Edge is back and now that Christian's back, I'm just like, I wish he would have stayed so that I could get the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian one more time. Yeah, you know, you know, that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, let's see. They didn't build more. Uh, they didn't build more. They built more on this, but they didn't really elaborate. There's a weird thing where backstage the inner circle was having this argument. And uh, Sammy Guevara was like, you know, well, I'm not really digging this anymore or whatever. And they had like, it was Jericho left to go talk to Sammy and MJF told Wardlow to leave the room so he could talk to everybody else. Like, kind of interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought Wardlow wouldn't have been a part of the mix, you know? If anything, uh, I would have thought that maybe he would have been like, hey, Jake Hager, can you go check up on them? Because he seems like the one that would be knocked out of that. But if anything, you know, Wardlow's in on it. So maybe he can leave the room. That's true. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Much more interesting than the wedding. Which I hated. Which was was just an actual wedding. They had said this before. The wedding. They were like... Yeah, we just want to get married. This is a real wedding. I was. I didn't like it. I mean, I I guess they just wanted to have a peaceful wedding, and they did some fun stuff. Like uh, after they said the I do's, Miro's like, "Hey, you know, I know how this works. Something's in that box. I've been here before." And he breaks an empty box and throws it out of the ring. And Orange Cassidy comes out of the cake. To which I believe Miro said, how did I not know to check the cake? Considering last wedding he was involved in, he bought that out of the cake. Why did, did, uh, why did he say multiple times, this is my wedding? 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, who's your best man? Because uh, did I think it's their wedding? Not at all. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was weird. They got sidetracked with the fans singing uh, the Hathaway song, What is Love, love. <laughs> which was the best part of this whole thing, and that wasn't planned. And then they ended up editing it out. So. What yeah. is love? That, I guess Tony Khan doesn't want to pay for a third song in perpetuity. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, this whole thing just didn't seem great to me. And maybe this is a little bit of my own um, holding them to a higher degree. But to me, if AEW makes a big deal about how they're an alternative to WWE and they do things that are exactly the same as WWE caliber, I am harsher on them. Like that whole thing with uh, the orange juice falling on top of Jericho when they're like, oh my God, we've never seen this before. And it's like, yeah, you have. If you've watched wrestling, you've seen it a hundred times. And it's like, you didn't do anything different then. You just copied an old WWE thing. With this, I'm like, this was nothing different than we would have seen with a crappy WWE angle. But I'm sure some people are going to be like, this is the best thing ever, just because it was in Daly's place. Right. I didn't like that. I don't like that we're going to get Shaq and uh, Jade Cargill against Red Velvet and Cody on Dynamite coming up. Is it March 3rd, I think? March 3rd, indeed. It's the go-home show to Revolution. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Obviously, it was supposed to be Brandy instead of Red Velvet, but Brandy got pregnant, so I can't have her going in the ring and doing anything. And I like Red Velvet. I think she's great. I like Cody. But uh, the Shaq and uh, Jade Cargill thing. I mean, if I wrote up a whole article about how I don't want Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, I don't want Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet and Cody. You know, you don't want Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Why, Tony? I didn't like what he did. I don't like his song. I don't think he's going to wrestle well. I think he's taking up a spot on the card. I don't think he bumped up the ratings enough and uh, <laughs> a couple other things, probably. I, I'm all right with it because, like, fuck, at least this one is relevant. You know? Like, I've seen them try to do celebrities that aren't relevant, so at least this guy's relevant. Um, I guess we'll see. You think Shaq wins? <sighs> I'd be lying if I said I cared. <laughs> I, I think Jade Cargill beats Red Velvet. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I think we haven't touched on the weird element of the match, and that's Shaq's the fucking size of the big show. It's not like we're talking like Cody against Stephen Amell here. Shaq's a big boy. Yeah. Why are they fighting? <laughs> what Maybe, uh, you know, back in the day, Cody saw Kazam. Oh, and he was just like, this movie sucks. I'm going to fight you for it eventually. <laughs> when I get old enough, I'm going to fight you on my own show. <laughs> and it's great. There's going to be all the WCW gimmicks that I could possibly get. <laughs> uh, I guess Cody's living his dreams. <laughs> They're nightmares. Um, <laughs> uh, Lance Archer beat Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match. I so uh, referees in all elite wrestling are blind, right? Yeah. The man set up a table mid ring, Tony. Why didn't the referee say, "Hey, hey, you don't do that"? (laughs) 
too busy trying to figure out if there's tag team rules in this one or not. <laughs> um, Bear Bear Country's good. I like Bear Country. Uh, what else we? Oh, we got another main event too. Uh, big story about the main event: Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers beat Moxley, Pack, and Phoenix, and Kenta showed up to attack John Moxley. So in this one match, you have Impact, AAA, AEW, New Japan. I mean, does it get any more wild? Ring of Honor's like, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're doing great. <laughs> and MLW's like, I don't want you to have Brian Pillman Jr. yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Because MLW even, like, they've got Brian Pillman Jr. working with them. They had MJF for a while while MJF was on their TV. Like, I don't know how they've pulled this off, but it's great. Again, merging's good. <laughs> Yeah, merging. Merging is great. Merge uh, Impact and AEW and whatever, and merge... I can't, we can't really justify merging Impact with New Japan, but a working relationship only helps out people. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like... Look, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you're either a WWE fan, an AEW fan... Or you're in the smart bubble enough that you follow one of or many of the other places and you're aware of WWE and AEW. You might not watch them. You might be like, oh, I'm a hardcore MLW fan more than anything else or something like that. But it all kind of funnels through WWE and AEW at this point. If you're in Japan, you're probably a fan of New Japan and All Japan and all the other kind of things like that. More so than even like WWE and whatever, but then that exposes that even more. Then there is no reason to help out these other places because maybe the New Japan audience that doesn't watch AEW will watch if they have crossover. And maybe the American side that doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to anything other than the American stuff will go, oh, this guy's from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let me look at that. Oh, fuck, they've got this thing called Wrestle Kingdom, and it's huge. And, you know, I see no reason why not. Not like you're going to take away people, and they're going to go, well, now I'm only going to be able to watch the one show, and I'm not going to watch yours. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I think this is going to be great for the industry. It's very exciting. I like when I like when wrestling excites people, and it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wrestling on Wednesday nights was very good, and I commend everybody involved. It's interesting to think that the biggest story that comes out of Dynamite is Hideo Itami and Dean Ambrose. Yeah, which is... If you tell me that, like, three years... If you tell me anything about the way that this week in wrestling was three years ago, where, like, Edge... Yeah, Edge wins the Royal Rumble and uh, Christian's back and... Edge wins the Royal Rumble from number one, right? And then he's going to go and face WWE champion Drew McIntyre. Because, by the way, Drew McIntyre is back. And then, oh, by the way, Christian returned from his forever retirement. Oh, no, there's this company called AEW that has Kenny Omega and Sting and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. It's like... That's pretty cool, and I think we take a little bit of it for granted. Yeah, and be like, well, because Dean Ambrose is over there, and he 
He's the guy who had beaten Chris Jericho for their championship. And, um, you know, it's it's cool. It's a good enough promotion. They've got uh, Luke Perry's kid. <laughs> yeah, like they've got Luke Perry's kid. And oh, you remember the revival? They're over there and they're managed by Tully Blanchard. Like, yeah. Uh, you start getting into like some weird stuff. But Hideo Tommy popped up on there and that's cool. And he's uh, for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, like, it's and he's it's got pink so hair, cool. and he's got pink hair. <laughs> <laughs> Be like anyway. So it. that was the the Wednesday Night War because USA is where NXT's broadcast at the moment, <laughs> right yeah, before yeah, WWE goes over to Peacock. <laughs> by the way, uh, wrestling is back on TNT. Like yeah. what? People oh. be like, hold the fuck on, what's Peacock? <laughs> Yeah, Peacock exists. Be like, man, that must be weird for Renee Young. Oh, uh, no, she's not in, in WWE, but she was just on backstage, which is not a show anymore, but it was just broadcast before the Royal Rumble. He'd be like, how many more fucking confusing things are you going to tell me? <laughs> well, uh, we talked about everything except for Raw and SmackDown. Raw, we talked a little bit actually about, you know, they, they teased the whole potential that Drew McIntyre might fight. Edge and Sheamus turned heel on Edge. We all uh, on uh, McIntyre. We all saw that coming from a mile away. I didn't think it would happen right now, though. So that was kind of a surprise. I enjoyed it. Edge set it up perfectly by saying, "Stop being so nice, you fucking idiot." Yeah, You're in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like the whole like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, I'm coming here to say I'm going to spear you and win your championship, and you're like, "Hey, Edge, <laughs> it's great to have you back. Good job, pal." <laughs> yeah. I- I, that's one of the things I love about Edge is I feel like he's really going to put the emphasis on being champion. And I love it. Where are you leaning right now? Because on SmackDown, Reigns had said, acknowledge me and admit that I'm the champion who is the champion to beat, which I, I liked and you didn't. I I, so I love I the idea that he's like, my ego can't take you saying that another championship is more important than mine, so you need to challenge me. So here's the thing. I don't like that Edge is going to end up fighting Roman Reigns. If there's anything I do like about this, it was Roman Reigns' setup for it. Okay. Him, so then we're on the same saying, page, because I don't really like the idea of Reigns versus Edge either. Him saying, no, 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 say my name, because I'm the champion of choice. I'm the guy. Say like, I don't, I don't care who your other choices are. Say it. I'm the guy. Say like, I like that. But I'm also just like, damn, that McIntyre match is good, and I think they could tell a better story. I think I think that Edge Roman is gonna be a rough one. I, the fact that they did this whole thing with Sheamus makes me go, well, shit. I really don't know what they're gonna do with McIntyre now. They can they can prolong it. If they have Sheamus win the chamber, they can prolong it. I just don't want that. I don't think that they should have pulled the trigger on this that quick if that's what's happening. Because he already said, if you want to fight for the championship, you've got it. So it almost makes it seem like that's happening next week on Raw or something. And I don't see Lesnar. This is the first time like I just don't see Lesnar being in WrestleMania this year. I really hope it's not Lesnar. But I'm starting to think more that it's Lesnar. 
I'm starting to think Keith Lee wins the chamber. Because Edge has to choose within the next... Wait, when's chamber? Chamber is February 20-something? Edge has to choose next week. Seems like it. They at least have six days to build up what they want to do for the chamber. Because I can see Keith Lee winning the chamber. I don't... But the, the key thing is, if... Edge chooses Roman, and they have to book a chamber now. We know it won't be Brock. Well, the chamber, as much as I always think the chamber should be a number one contender's match, it doesn't have to be. They do have fast lane, and they could do that kind of shit where a number one contender's match happens either at fast lane or on the Raw and SmackDown leading up. Not the Raw and SmackDown, like the, the wake of the pay-per-view. But like, you know, it like for instance, it seems like they're very heavily leaning towards the idea of Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And even though there's some reports that are like, oh, they haven't made a decision yet, they didn't have Bianca on Raw or NXT. They had her with Sasha. It's, you know, it's going to be those two. So... Like for that set of circumstances, the elimination chamber could be for the women. Oscar defending the championship, Sasha defending the championship, or determining a number one contender for the opposite one. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that whomever, I I, I still think that. Well, I can't even say I believe in Daniel Bryan anymore. So whomever Edge doesn't go for. The other guy, they have a rough go. Because I don't know who can make a credible challenger. And I kind of feel like, and yes, look, I know WWE sells itself. Whatever they sell, they're going to sell, right? But this is your first show with fans. This is the one where if you're going to do Dramatic, if you're going to do John Cena, pull the trigger on John Cena. If you're going to do Brock Lesnar, pull the trigger on Brock Lesnar. Like, this is not the WrestleMania they go. I think Sheamus is enough. You know, it's like this isn't this ain't it. Part of me is thinking that it might be a triple threat: Sheamus and Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. As long as Braun Strowman's not featured, I don't think that Strowman will be the one that challenges McIntyre because it seems like they almost booked him in a more babyface kind of role already again. So I'm kind of thinking maybe Strowman and like uh, maybe Strowman's fighting for the United States Championship if Lee's not something like that. I don't really know because it's difficult because it's like here. Well, McIntyre already fought Styles. He'll probably have already fought Sheamus by the time that Mania comes around. He's already beaten Keith Lee and fought him more than once. This seems like they're trying to drag this. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton thing out which I really don't agree with but that's the only other option I can imagine is that maybe it's you do the Bray Wyatt and Orton thing at Elimination Chamber and end that feud and then Bray Wyatt comes into a number one contender spot and fights Drew McIntyre he's the only other like big name that hasn't already fought him 
Fuck it. You're Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton for the title. I, I, nah, I don't, I don't want those two in any capacity with that. I don't want to see... I don't want to see the title downplayed, especially the WWE title. Like, and this is such a small thing, I know, but the WWE title is the one with the lineage. It's the one that should matter, and it's the one that Ed should challenge for because it's the one that matters. Maybe it'll be a uh, bad bunny versus the Miz for the championship after he cashes in. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> WWE, uh, WWE will be like, it's great. We're giving so much media coverage. <laughs> oh, did you see? Did you hear that on the conference call? No. Oh, we're uh, Latin America is a big focus for us. That's why we're building our new Puerto Rican star, Damian Priest. It's like, okay, you can't just be building him because he's great. Like, we have to build him because he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> Got it. Priest says, uh, seems like he's definitely on the Raw roster now. No Rhea Ripley on Raw. I guess they're waiting until Bianca picks. Yeah. She's the chick who should just run through the chamber. But, like, honestly, Charlotte needs to... Oh, we didn't talk about that. Naomi pinned Asuka on Raw. That's yeah, because fuck Asuka, apparently, according to them. Well, but is Asuka a may You know? There Naomi is. It took them how long for uh, this Ravishing Glow to be a tag team after they had said that there was going to be? Three years. Jesus, God. <laughs> so they're going to fight Nia Jax and uh, Shayna Baszler at some point. Is it next week? I don't or know. Did they not specify? I don't think that they specified. If they did, uh, it's whenever it happens. I don't know. Listen, I like Naomi. I think Naomi's fucking great. Yeah. She's not better than Asuka. Yeah. Like, I like Asuka better. For uh like, Naomi, Naomi's great. Asuka's like S tier, and the fact that Asuka is again being downplayed because we are secure in that we have Charlotte and all these people confirmed for Mania now. It's unfair to Asuka. Again, that's why I really think that Asuka's dropping that title before Mania. Carlito's back in the mix too. Apparently, the secret to getting as uh, in shape as he has been is apples, chicken breast, and spinach. I believe that, actually, except for the apple part. That's obviously the gimmick. But I believe <laughs> the, spinach, the spinach and chicken breast. Well, he didn't spit the apple this last time. so That's, that's true. The, that's you you got to eat you, the apple. <laughs> that's right. Get the nutrients in your time. Apple a day. And uh, Alexa Bliss beat Nikki Cross because that feud's just, you know, every four weeks they go, remember that one? They just do that again. Nikki Cross has made a career in the past two years or three years or whatever of them being like, oh, yeah, Nikki, let's do that match again. No matter what the match was. Just like that again, which I hate. Not that much. Like Asuka and NXT, Bailey on SmackDown, Alexa on Raw. Ah. Not too much else happening there on Raw. And then on SmackDown, Dominic Mysterio beat King Corbin. And uh, Cesaro beat Daniel Bryan with the sharpshooter. Yep. Very surprised uh, about that. That's why I said Daniel Bryan, I no longer see fighting Roman Reigns. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with him. 
it's weird because we now know that he is one of the decision makers. He's on the SmackDown creative team. And the report came out in the Observer today that that he wants Cesaro to be a star making kind of guy. Right. That he had like a baby face push for Cesaro in mind. And he gave him a little bit of that respect in the ring tonight. By the way, Cesaro bled and I missed what caused it, but him bleeding with a bald head looked kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I know it's bad for his health, but it looked kind of cool. I mean, he's had worse with the teeth in the past. But yeah, that was fucking. Ugh. I don't like uh, Ziggler and Rude's new song. I didn't hear it. I tried looking for it. It's not a fan. Is it really generic? Yeah. Uh, and Biggie retained not- the Intercontinental title in a three way with Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn. We got a random uh, appearance by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Somebody looked at the calendar and went, huh, it's February 5th. And Uh, they marketed it as he's going to talk about that night when 33 million people watched Andre the Giant beat him for the championship or whatever. And Hogan goes, well, you know, that happened in the past. And let me tell you, Edge is going to beat somebody for the title of Mania. (laughs) Yeah, The fuck? (laughs) Yeah, he did. I don't understand when they do these kind of things. Like, I don't mind taking a moment to go, hey, in this week in history, whatever. and But then actually maybe have the guy talk about it. Like, take two seconds for him to be like, well, you know, this was a thing. And I remember, like, my nerves at the time or whatever. And I eventually got that title back. So, you know, I proved to Andre the Giant that he couldn't... Uh, cheat his way into giving a title for DiBiase and whatever, uh, you know, I uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, all that stuff. By the way, you know, I know that Edge is fighting for the championship soon, but instead it was really like immediately just, well, let me tell you something, brother, Edge is whatever. Then why the fuck are you even talking about the other thing to begin with, you know? Why not just have Hulk Hogan weighs in on who he thinks that Edge should challenge? I don't know, man. That was weird. Very weird. So anyway, that's the week. At least so far. That is the week and not geek. Well, in Wrestle Geek. The week in Wrestle Geek. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, I plugged everything except for the merchandise shops, Public and Redbubble. Check them out if you want to pick up some kind of a t shirt or uh, any of the other kind of merchandise options that we got on there. Lots of different designs, and you can slap them all over different types of products on the sides for Smart Out Moment and Fanboys and On. And for a mango tees and fanboys, I mentioned before, if you go to fanboysanonymous.com, you'll find everything that's on the geek culture spectrum. That's not pro wrestling. So check that out. Uh, This week, the most recent episode of a review to a kill is for much with love. That is already posted next week. will be Goldfinger, which I know a lot of people. That's one of their favorite ones. So stay tuned for that. And I don't know what the next couple of things are going to be, but Whatever happens over there, it'll happen over there. So share your support to that brand, just the same as you would for a smart cut moment. Follow everything that we've got going on elsewhere. I've got e-wrestling news stuff. I've got Bleacher Report stuff. Rob's got stuff all over the place as well. I do have stuff all over the place. I'm always on Fightful.com. 
always, like every day, you can find me there. You can also find me on Twitter at DuFleece. You can also occasionally find me on WrestleZone.com. You can occasionally find me on Fanboys Anonymous. You can occasionally find me at my house. I'm not giving my address. I'm just, you can find me places. You know, and I appreciate you guys' support. It's crazy. When I started doing these podcasts, like, I had no broad goals about doing this for a career. And I had, like, maybe a little over 200 followers on, on Twitter. I'm rounding the corner to 900, and I can't say anything on Twitter without people actually noticing it. So it's very strange to be <laughs> noticed. What I'm saying is it's strange to be noticed, but it's also nice. So keep that in mind. If you want to be nice to people, notice them. Don't, yeah. bu- don't bump into people on the side of the road. and like, yeah. uh, You know, that's good advice. <laughs> Open the door for somebody if they're behind you. Don't just slam it. You ever had that happen? I've had somebody do that to me before where they like actively went out of their way to shut the door on me. And I'm like, yo, not only are you an asshole, you're like purposely an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I were rich, that would be a type of moment where I'd be like, hey, listen, I'm going to give like 50 bucks to everybody that's in this vicinity except for you so you can learn a lesson, you know? Be like, you, you are not an asshole. You, you are not an asshole. You, though, dickweed. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Ah. It was at Sears. I remember it. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> stories like that for another day, some random podcast in the future, we'll just dive into all talk show bullshit, but that's it for the hot tags. Uh, coming up next is going to be the next episode of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast, so check that out. It's already up on the uh, feed for like a premiere, so you know, get the notification if you've already clicked off on that. And next week, we will talk about the NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day predictions. And we'll do whatever else is happening with the hot tags and stuff. And I don't know, keep this uh, party going. Hopefully you will enjoy that. Hopefully you enjoyed this. We will see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment. And we're being counted out. 